Welcome to the True Joy Revolution. I am so excited that you're here. I'm your host, Katarina Kormas, Mindset and Success Coach for women who are ready to make the switch to living life their own way. Each week, I'll be bringing you inspiring conversations with women who have courageously stepped out of their comfort zone, overcame their fear, took bold action, and embarked on a new journey to transform their lives. This is where you get inspired to connect to who you truly are, to live authentically, stay true to your dreams, and embark on the adventure that you were born to take. This is where the true joy revolution begins. Well, welcome. I am so excited that y'all are here for the True Joy Revolution. And I am so excited to introduce you to this fabulous lady. Uh, I met Mary through another group that I belong to, and she is such an inspiration. I love her story, and I wanted to share it with you all. Um, Mary went from that crazy traveling corporate type life, and she made a huge transformation a few years ago to simplifying and her her whole ministry her heart her soul is all about helping other women simplify their lives uh, she created gallagher farm in faith she now lives on a beautiful farm with donkeys and chickens and cows and all kinds of fun wildlife and farm animals um, and she also hosts a wonderful community on Facebook called Simple Life, Simple Faith. And she has a blog that is so motivational. So welcome, Mary. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. That was a really nice introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good. Well, tell us a little bit about you and where you are now and what brings you so much joy. Where, what is your world about now? Okay, well, like Katarina said, I live on a farm uh, in a small town outside of Austin, Texas. This is a big change for me as I grew up as a, pretty much a, a suburb girl. I uh, always lived in the suburbs and, uh, you know, within walking, you know, two miles to Target and Walmart and all those things and um, just kind of living that typical suburban lifestyle as I raised my kids as well and uh, being a working mom and all of that. But um, two years ago, uh, we made the drastic move from Ohio to Texas and decided that we were going to kind of do something that had been on the back burner we were talking about and buy some property and live out in the country. And I was seeking, really, I was seeking simple life. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know I was going to write a blog. I didn't know I was going to get laid off from my job. I just knew that I wanted um, my life to be simpler and calmer. And so I was craving just more breathing room and craving space to just go uh, and relax a little bit. And so that's what I was seeking. And then that's kind of how we got here. Um, from there, little did I know some things were going to change. Things were brewing inside of me. Um, but I got the opportunity to kind of like just start my life over. It was like a whole new beginning for me. And I was, I, like I said, I, I was in a part of a corporate layoff. Uh, given a sac severance package and all of that stuff. And um, truly, it was a huge relief to me that I was able to just step back and say, okay, I have this opportunity. This is not a bad thing. This is a gift. 
And it's an opportunity for me to say, okay, what do you, what do you really want your life to look like, Mary? What you can start all over. Like the, 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 the slate is completely blank here and you can do whatever you want. And so that's when I began to get back to my first love, my true love, which is writing. And that's when I created the blog. And that's when I realized that what I was really seeking was simple life, uh, backed up by simple faith. And once I started messaging that out to women, I could see that they were connecting with my story. And that's kind of where I am today. That's so helpful. You're right. I think so many women crave what you have now. They crave that. The, the simpler life, you know, get rid of the chaos and the stuff and the, the distractions and get back to who they really are, which I think is what right. you about was getting back to who are you and what do you really want out of life? What are you meant to do? What is your gift from God that you're supposed to be giving the world? Right, exactly. Um, I knew that I knew that I knew uh, some years ago that I was supposed to write um, I'll tell you how I knew. The very first thing that I actually sat down and wrote, um, I took to my writer's group, and uh, that was back in the day before any of we could communicate online like this. So I literally drove across town. We sat around in a writer's group. We made copies of our things. We read and, and connected with each other. And they all just said, the first time they met me, um, you need to get this published. And so the opportunity came up to have it published in an anthology. Um, I put it out there and I got published. So the very first thing that I wrote got published that should have been a sign to me that I was on to my true love and my true calling. But, you know, life was busy. My kids were little and I had an opportunity to take a, a position that really was and, it, and it's not to say that I regret any of the choices that I made. It's just interesting how they steered me in different directions, but that God still uses them all. But I, I, I let the busyness of a job and, and life put my writing on the back burner because I, I believe the lie that said, well, you can't do that now. You're too busy. Where what I should have done was still pursued my writing because that it's not because it would have made me successful, but because it brought me joy. Like truly it did. Writing makes me a better human being. <laughs> I'm calmer and I'm happier. And so when I allowed it to get put on the back burner, I slowly started to just burn out and kind of shrivel up and dry out inside. So I, I, in, in hindsight, you know, I look at that, but that's okay because it's all come back around and, and, and now I know that about myself and I'm never going to let that happen again. Uh, I love, <laughs> I love that you get, yeah, that you recognize that, that, you know, mm -hmm. you know, the difference between doing something what, that you love, that's your heart is calling for. And then when you back away from it, you kind of feel like you lost something because you're not really connected anymore to what you should be doing. Yeah, you know, um, if anyone's read The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, um, and uh, Julia, Julia Cameron has a quote, um, it's called, When Your Heart Speaks, Listen. Um, and truly, honestly, I, I knew the whole time that I was putting my writing and, and all of that in the back corner, my heart was still speaking. Uh, but, she, you know, she cautions, um, and, the, and if you've read The Alchemist, he also talks about this is really back to the story, is that don't put your heart, don't close off your, to your heart because your heart is going to guide you to your true, your true purpose. 
and your true joy. And when I did that, that was like that voice just kept getting smaller and smaller and quieter because that voice is not going to shout at you. That voice is not going to demand attention. That voice is too genteel. It's just, it's your heart. It's your soul. It's your purpose. So the more you listen to it, though, the more it guides you. Um, and I don't mean that in any guru spiritual way, but it's just, I think we've lost touch with our hearts. We allow the things around us to drive us instead of making intentional choices based on what we know is best for us. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's it's so true. It really is true. And it really is true how, how subtle that voice is. And that's why it gets lost in all the to-do lists and got to bring the kids to soccer and I got to clean the house and I have to go to my job, even though it makes me miserable. We get caught up in the, the lies we've been told or the lies we tell ourselves or the stuff yep. and even the clutter. I mean, I have to clean out the closets. I got to, I have, you know, it just, it dilutes that voice that's, that's calling out what well, we were born basically with that voice saying you yeah. something so big. Yeah, we live we, we live in a cluttered society in more ways than one. <laughs> so true. Well, and it's funny. I love I love a quote. I'm going to read it on your website. Um, you say, "If I hadn't been simplifying, if I hadn't obeyed God, God when He urged me to clean up my life and whittled down to the essentials, I would not have been in a place to take advantage of this newfound freedom." simplifying open the door to freedom freedom open the door to my dreams i love that because we really don't when people talk about doing what they want to do and going after their dreams they don't really think about simplifying right they don't actually correlate they're thinking of an action plan to get them to where they want to be as opposed to stepping back and getting rid of what's not needed right exactly that's true yeah i love that quote i'm, I'm actually going to uh put it somewhere because to remind me, you know, like knowing somebody that made the, that progress from simplifying to feeling free to their dreams. That's something I need, I need a reminder of, you know, get rid of, yeah. like, cause you just, you for, you don't realize as you're going along, how much gets piled on top of you again. Yeah. I mean, because truthfully, you know, you've heard the expression more is less. Uh, or less is more. I'm sorry, the opposite. Less is more. And at the end of the day, it's really true. Um, and uh, you you are going to be more with less. It's just like if you have a million projects going on, you don't do any of them effectively. It's just spreading yourself too thin. So uh, in order, and if you want to make a huge change in your life, if you're really committed to that, you cannot do that superficially. Okay, you can't just like slap a few little fixes on like okay well i'll declutter my closet and i'll i'll clear up my inbox and wow i simplified my life now why aren't i happy you know that we're talking about some serious commitment here and some strategic planning and you know from from point a to point b there was some stress involved let me tell you because um it involved a cross-country move and then it involved you know losing my job and and involved, you know, saying goodbye to my children who were staying in Ohio and I was leaving. So there was stress there. Um, I'm not going to deny that. It was hard. But once I got to the other side of it, it was like, oh, okay, this is where I needed to go. But, you know, again, we, we build momentum in one way. You can't just go 
like that. You've got to build momentum back the other way, and that takes time. So that was that process that took me about a year and a half to get uh, to where I feel like I've really, I really can say I am constantly at peace, and um, and at when things do get thrown my way. I can still retain my joy and my peace because I've got margin in my life where I can process those things. Where before, you know, my life was full to the margins, just like a piece of paper. And then the stressful things or the unexpected things, everything was spilling over and it was, it just topples you into high levels of anxiety. And you can't sustain that for very long because it will, it'll rob you of your joy. It'll rob you of your health too. Yeah. Doing. Well, exactly. You're you're not even you don't even have time to be creative or pursue uh, those things that bring you joy. You just you don't have time. You're in survival mode all the time. Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's what it feels like. So yeah. Back, I love um, I loved how you described how you had a house that you dreamed of, that you loved, that this was the house you were going to retire in. This was you you would worked your whole life up to this life that you built and how and and how so you had it but what was that moment where you realized this ain't it um you know it's interesting because i, I did you know i grew up you know just low average middle class but middle class started to get bigger and bigger as i grew up and i saw friends and family getting bigger houses and then when we were first married you know we were definitely living paycheck to paycheck uh, I lived in an adorable little house, but in a community of very wealthy people, gated communities and stuff. And I started to envy, you know, there's no denying that. And so then the opportunity came for us to get bigger homes and, you know, kind of spread out. I thought that was my dream. Um, this house that I ended up in, I really did move there uh, for two purposes. I loved it. And the other purpose was it had a room for my mom. So I brought my mom to live with me. Um, till she passed away. So that was the main reason to get there. But I love this house that I was willing to work my butt off to keep this house, even though it was it was too much house. I had to hire a cleaning crew. Um, we really needed landscaping maintenance people to keep up around it. It was a constant maintenance home, but it was lovely. And it just, it felt so much like home. It was like living in a tree house. It was beautiful. Everybody loved this home. Um, but I knew that I was working to constantly put the money into the mortgage and into the upkeep of the home. Um, and I remember that movie with Tom Hanks, you know, the money pit. <laughs> and it's like you just dig a hole and you put money into it. And that's what a house can be like if it's if it's too much. Um, so, but I had this mentality that, you know, I was raised by a generation of parents that, you know, you, you've got to have a home and pay it off and then leave this to your children. And so I, I said, we're done moving. I'm going to die in this home. That's what I used to tell people. And so I set about trying to fix it up and make it my own. And uh, the more I worked, the more we just felt like every penny was going into the home and we couldn't travel any free time we had was to fix up the home or clean the home and fill the home with things. And uh, one day, and then I realized that when I started to realize that I was so stressed from my job, I realized I was trapped because I knew I couldn't quit my job because financially we literally couldn't afford for me to quit my job. 
And that was an overwhelming uh, feeling of being trapped. And that really stressed me out. So I realized at that time that the house was kind of like the, the pivotal point that was keeping me in this cycle of feeling trapped and beholden to this job that was stressing me out and harming my health and taking me away from my family. But I had no choice. And so I kept you know, making deals with God, like, give me through two more years, and I'll do this, I'll pay this off, and then I'll, then I'll step back, you know, and finally, I just said, wait a minute, I can, I can get some control over this, I looked around at this beautiful house, and I thought, it's beautiful, it's lovely, but my kids are growing up, they're moving, my son had already moved out, it's too much house, I looked at my husband, I said, hey, the housing market's back up, let's sell the house and downsize. And he was like, I'm fine with that. You know, he was like, I'm ready to go. He would have moved into a condo, right? So um, all I knew, I knew nothing else. I didn't know we were moving to Texas. I didn't even know I wanted to move. I didn't know he was going to get a new job. I didn't know any of that. I just knew that I was supposed to paint the house and get it ready to put on the market. So I just, I started painting and I just went from room to room and then we kept fixing it up. And then we talked about, where are we going to move if we, you know, leave here? And then we realized, well, if we're going to move, let's go somewhere we want to go. So the opportunity came and, and you know, everything else flew, uh, kind of followed from there. But that was just my aha moment was this house is what's trapping me because of my financial obligations. So I knew right then and there I needed to simplify my finances in order to be able to pursue a simpler life. Love that. I love that. And I, I think people feel trapped by, by physical things, not realizing that you don't have to. You don't have to stay in the situation that you're in. You don't have to have that house. You don't have to have that big house. You don't have to have that Mercedes. You know, you could really simplify. Get And that's something I recently learned. Like, I could go buy a used car instead of right. you know, those simple things that – you know, the status of things gets in the way of joy and, and finding Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it really was, uh, I, and, and, you know, I, I say this not pridefully, sort of embarrassed really to admit this. It really was kind of keeping up with the Joneses. You know, I, I saw other people doing things and having things, and I thought, well, I work hard. I can have those things too. And then it just, I just realized that no more. I added to my life um, pure I felt on the inside and I knew that I wasn't being true to myself and the calling on my life and so I had to come to grips with that and you know I think the problem is a lot of times it's hard to do that you know it's really hard to look at yourself in the mirror and go you're way off base girl you know this is not right and um, you're prideful people, and that's hard to do. So we, we stay trapped, or we, like I said, I was, I was trying to bargain with God, and that wasn't working out either. I just had to face the facts and move forward with what it was and make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, you bring up a good point, because I think a, a lot of people worry about what other people are going to think, and they, they base their life choices and what they do, mm -hmm. where, they, where they stay in their life based off of, what will other people think if I don't have this or if I do this instead? But that brings up a good um, question for you because you can't just change your outer world unless you change your inner world. So how did Mary change? Like how did you change from the jet setting, corporate, 
lady who's, you know, has this big house and these big dreams to Mary who's living the most joyful life right now? You know, that's a really good question. Um, and uh, this is something I do try to communicate to the ladies who come to my group and come to my blog and watch my Facebook lives and all of that, that, you know, I just always say simplicity is an inside job. Like I can teach you how to clean out your closet and I can teach you how to, you know, uh, shred all your paperwork. And I can tell you, uh, which, uh, which things to, to, to get rid of and take to the thrift store. But if you don't deal with what's going on in the heart, you're just going to clutter that closet up again because it's always just a manifestation of what we're really dealing with here on the inside, right? So um, the first thing really that I did, um, and this happened after I lost my job because I had to say it again, I had this opportunity. I knew it was a gift. I knew it was an opportunity, but where do I go? Like I've lived so much of my life with other people telling me what to do from eight to five, or I should say seven to nine, you know, I mean, it was like, you know, my time was structured for me, my tasks, I knew what I had to accomplish. And now there was this like, wow, wide open path of what are you going to do? What What's important to you? So I knew that I was getting back to my writing, but I thought, should I go look for another job that was less stressful? Should I do something part-time? You know, what are the things I needed to do? Um, so I was uh, listening to a book uh, by Katie Bowman. Uh, actually, really doesn't have anything to do with this, but what she said was her family creates uh, like core value statements or value family value statements, and then they design their life around that. And I thought, Great. So immediately I grabbed a notebook out and I just, I wrote down what are all the things that are important to me? Like everything from big to small. It's important to me to have time to rest. It's important to me to have time to exercise and eat healthy. It's important for me to be available to people. It's important for me to have time to pray and, and it's important for me to have time to write. And then it's important for me to just be creative, whatever that means. If I want to work on a craft or paint a chair, you know, we all have to have those outlets that, that mean really nothing except just fun. I also like just talked about and wrote out like what's important to me, you know, uh, where I live. I need to be surrounded by nature. I need to take walks. These are the things that I knew over the course of my life bring me joy and make me feel peaceful. So from there, I kind of bulked those things together into categories. So I'm a teacher by trade. So this is a very teachery approach. Um, but this is how I organized my thoughts. And I put those things in categories. And once I got those categories set, I created a vision board. Um, and I highly recommend if you've never made a vision board uh, for your life, I did this. Mine is crazy over the top, massively big. But I needed to do that because I was... I was restructuring everything. So I really needed to spell it out for myself. And I just spent a lot of time doing that. And I, I put, you know, so I had rest and free time was one of my core values. And, you know, my purpose and writing was another core value. And um, nature and animals. I like, that's why I live on a farm. I like nature. I like animals. So I wouldn't be happy in a city. And I just realized that anything that I did, I needed to filter through these core values and if it was outside the parameters of those core values then it wasn't for me uh, it maybe it looks like a great opportunity but it's not a great opportunity for Mary so um, I'll throw another name out for you Emily P Freeman she talks about every opportunity it's not really always an opportunity you know 
Uh, sometimes it's just a glorified favor or sometimes it's just something else that's going to add stress to our plate. So what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for the other. So for me, now I have a friend who, you know, she loves to travel for work because that she's, she's a single mom. Her son's at college. She's lonely. She likes the adventure. For me, traveling for work was literally killing me. I mean, it was taking a toll on my body. So my, uh, one of my core values is that I'm not going to, you know, whatever opportunity comes my way, I'm not going to overextend myself when it comes to travel. I'm going to keep my life very slow and calm. Um, not to say that I won't travel, but it has to fit into my schedule, right? So that's what I did. And that's like basically been my guiding, you know, mantra is those, the, that, that core, those core values, that vision board. I review those regularly and I remind myself, no, Mary, that, you know, that doesn't work for you. Or, you know what, this fits in with what I want to do. I think I can, I could venture out and I can pursue that. And that's how I've kept myself kind of going forward and pursuing what matters to me. I, um, I love, I love that you used it as a filter. Um, yeah. I think I strongly believe everybody should have their own personal mission statement because like any company, right? If, it, if they make widgets and then they have this opportunity to make pencils, well, why would you make the pencils? It doesn't go with the mission. It's the same with all of us. All of us have a mission. We were sent to God gave us a gift that we were supposed to give to the world and you don't want to derail from it. And, and not even that it's your values of what you want, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it's never going to feel right or you're never going to be successful if you get off path on something that's just not meant for you or doesn't feel right for you. So why waste your time but finding something to filter through and remind yourself every day, this is the life I want. This is, this is who I want to be. And yeah. I know that if I veer away from it, I'm not happy anymore. There's no joy. It's, it's right. from my life. I love that. You know, and Katerina, I also want to add, it's, it's not about success because I was successful at what I was doing. I was, if anybody would, if you'd ask anybody that Mary's a hard worker, Mary's really smart, Mary's on top of her game, Mary, you know, she learns things quickly, Mary turns things around quickly, you know, oh, she's a great trainer, whatever. They would all say those positive things about me. But even though I knew I was doing a good job, there was this little voice inside me saying yeah but it's a job that someone else could do just as well but what you're called to do only you can do and that's what needs to be done I love that it's seriously yeah and I think success yeah people I think success really is when you're true to yourself and you're living a joyful life you know, anybody can learn an art or learn a trick or learn something and, and take on a job and learn it and do it well. Um, I had that similar experience of being really great at my job, but being yeah. the entire time I did it. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, you know what? I tell my husband, I'm a victim of my own competency <laughs> because I'm good at it. You know, I kept getting opportunities or pro opportunities for promotions and raises and, you know, the money was great. That's really hard. And it logically you tell yourself, you don't walk away from this and you're the peak of your money earning age, you know, and all of that. 
But in, again, that voice is just saying, yeah, anybody else could do this job, but nobody else can do what you are called to do, which was right. Nobody else can write like me. I have my own voice and my own purpose for that. It's so true. It's so true. So what would you tell women that are listening right now and thinking, there are things I want to do. I'm not happy or I feel... Um, feel imprisoned in my life. I feel my career, I feel trapped in my career. I feel trapped in my relationship. I feel trapped on where I'm living. I feel, I feel like I can't be me. What, what are the three top things you wish people would have told you along the way or things that you discovered along the way that you wished more women would know? Um, well, I guess a few. And one that I already hit on, I would say, is that listen to your heart thing. And that can be really hard because depending on if you've ever tapped into that inner voice or not, it may feel really confusing. And some of us, you know, are just different the way we're wired. That voice maybe comes through a little clearer. Um, and other people say, well, I don't know what that voice is. How do I know it's not just all these crazy thoughts in my head? Um, but it's that kind of thing that just never goes away. If there's a recurring thought or a recurring kind of like unction or a recurring, something is just pulling you. It just keeps drawing you. There's a quote on my website about, you know, um, paying attention to those things that really draw you. You'll never go wrong that way. So if there's something that just keeps saying, you know, um, you need to quit your job. You need to quit your job. You're not happy. Or, you know what, you would be uh, happier doing this. Or is something that you dreamt of doing but you talked yourself out of it because everybody told you it was unrealistic you know you can't be an artist go get a business degree but then that that thing inside just keeps drawing you that's what I mean when I say listen to your heart okay um if you do that and you start whether it's journaling about it or just exploring it or create that vision board that's kind of like my next point is just take the next step do the next right thing for you. And so for me, it was paint this house. Like I had no idea where I was going to end up. I had no idea I'd be living on a farm in Austin with chickens and goats and roosters. And But I knew I was supposed to paint my, my walls. So I picked out a beautiful color and I started painting. And as you take one step, the next step makes itself clear and the next step and the next step. And you know what? It doesn't look like this big, huge task to get to where you want to go because you're just taking one step at a time. But it's hard for people because they think they go, well, that's easy for you, Mary. You had this opportunity. Well, I didn't know the opportunity to move to Austin was coming when I started painting my walls. All I knew was to paint my walls. So um, and I'll have people say that to me. Well, that's easy for you. You know, you had a job that you could do this. Well, guess what? I lost my job. So it didn't matter that my job was remote. I lost it anyway. So I had to figure out what to do. Um, the fact is that I had, I just took one step after another. And then I guess I would say the third thing is to fight through the fear. I'm not going to stand here and act like I have no fear. Because if I told you the things that I struggle with about fear, you'd be like, that is so dumb. Like, I can't believe you get upset about that. Like, um, just, I had to go, I had to do, I do some part-time work, very part-time on a contract basis. I can say yes or no. Uh, so it fits into my lifestyle. And I, I had to drive in Houston traffic the other night. And so that really causes me some anxiety. So I had my essential oils with me and I kept 
smelling my lavender to get me through the traffic. And I mean, but I, I knew, I know that I have to fight through my fears to get to the other side of where I want to go. So that might be fearful to say, oh my gosh, quit my job. That's, that sounds fearful. Or, oh my gosh, get out of this unhealthy relationship. Or, oh my gosh, move to another state to get away from some things here that are unhealthy. And I'm not talking about running away from your problems, but I'm talking about, you know, again, listening to that, that compelling voice that's, that's really guiding you. That's your, that's your guide. Um, but there's fear there. There's going to be fear. And, you know, I, I did. I had that moment of move to Texas, but I'm all settled here in Ohio. I have my doctor, my church, my friends. I got to start all over. That's, that's fearful. And, but I work through those fears because remember, courage isn't not having fear. Courage is having fear, but doing it anyway. Um, so there's going to be fear and there's going to be some stress and, and unknowns. But if you are listening to that, that voice that's telling you where to go, you're going to make it through that. I love that voice. I always say the same thing, and this is a vision for me, um, in that Indiana Jones episode um, <laughs> where it looks like there's, it's just, there's, there's the two doorways and there's like a gap and it looks like there's no bridge to it. And he throws the stand and he set steps and there's this bridge. It's camouflage, right? It's right. Like that leap, but if, if it's coming from your heart, you're always going to be supported, right? Yes. The universe is putting it on your heart for a reason. So yes. it's always going to have a safety net underneath. It just might not be the safety net you thought of. Well, exactly, and, and, and you really can't plan it out. I mean, I'm a planner, but it, it, as much as I tried to plan it, it didn't go anything like that. I just knew that I had to obey one step after another, and that is that, like, like, like you said, that bridge just appearing after you take the next step. That is faith, and, and a lot of people will never get to that other side, and I'm sad to say that, and I don't want anyone watching. I don't want you all to be the person who doesn't get there because you were afraid to put that foot forward. Um, but I know, and I, I, I have come to this conclusion just by watching people that I know and that are close to me that have not taken the steps to live their true life of joy. Um, when you don't pursue your dreams, you the risk that you're taking is ending up bitter. Um, bitterness is this, the byproduct of not pursuing your dreams. And I'll be honest with you, just a couple of years ago, I, I realized that about myself. I was like, where is this bitterness coming from? Look around you. You have so much to be thankful for. But I was really discontent. Um, and I think that that's why. So so the risk of staying where you are, it's just not worth it. It's, it's, it's going to be much better to step out and take that step of faith and, and look for that light, that path to light up and that, and that bridge to illuminate itself. I love that. And you're right, right. You, you tend to, you see other people be successful and doing what they love and being joyful. And I remember those days of feeling bitterness and re, and jealousy. Like it was an envy. Yes. I wish I could, I wish I could be that carefree. And then once I opened up and decided to be that carefree, the universe had a gift for me. It was, you know, it's, they wait, exactly. God waits for you to take the leap. Exactly. Or, or you, if you hear yourself saying things like, it must be nice, <laughs> you know, that, that's a little root of bitterness and jealousy <laughs> and envy in there. 
And you're absolutely right. Those things are not going to come to you all packaged up with this, like, um, you know, the directions to a Monopoly game. First do this and then do that. It's going to come to you in that, like, that most just that feeling, that voice, and then taking the step and the next step and the next step. And I'm still not, I'm still taking steps every day. I mean, we're, you're not there. I'm not there. But once you get closer, it gets easier because you, you're attuning your mind and your heart and your ears to hear that voice and you know where you're going and you know it's easier to say no to the things that don't matter to you. It's easier to say no, like, sorry, not going there. You know, I was telling somebody yesterday, I said, I'm sticking. I'm not going there. I'm sticking. I'm good where I am in, on this path. I'm not veering off of it. Um, it's almost like... Um, I don't know if it's just a negative, but it's almost like putting blinders on just so you don't get uh, sidelined or sidetracked by the distractions. Yeah, that's so true. So true. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I love hearing about your journey. I love, I just love how joyful you are. And that's so evident now, like you are, you are who you're meant to be. And that's beautiful. And your journey, thank you for sharing your journey. Cause I know it's thank not you. hard. I know that. There were some tough decisions and it's it's kind of like building a whole new you. Yeah. The right you, the, the one you were yeah. meant to be. So But it's it's so rewarding um to just to just know that I can live with myself and that I don't have regret and anymore and I don't have that bitterness. I have I have a lot of gratitude and contentment now. And you know, I hear women all the time say things like what keeps you up at night? I can't sleep at night. And I say, nothing. I sleep like a baby. <laughs> I go to bed content and I wake up, you know, excited about the next day. And I'm not just saying that. I really mean it. I love my life. And I'm, I'm very grateful uh, that I was able to get myself back on the right track. I love that. Well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> where, can, uh, where can everybody continue to follow you? Um, well, my blog is GallagherFarmAndFaith.com, and um, of course, I am on Facebook, and I am on Instagram at that same Gallagher Farm and Faith, uh, but I do have a Facebook group for ladies, and it's called Simple Life, Simple Faith, and that's where we kind of get into the more uh, strategic how you can build a simple life, because it's not about living on a farm. And everyone thinks, oh, you're a homesteader, this is a simple life. No, 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 It's about, this is just what makes me feel calm and content. For you, it might be a cottage at the beach. For you, it might be a condo, you know, and, and traveling all the time. It's, it's, it's about finding your simple. So simple life, simple faith is probably the best way to connect. And there's some, actually, it's, a really great group. There's some awesome ladies in there who do a great job welcoming uh, new members and just sharing ideas. And we're, we're, we're very, we're small, but we're very interactive. Awesome. Yes. I'm a part of that group and it's very motivational. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Good. Good. Well, thank y'all for joining and watching and, uh, yeah, well, I'll talk to you soon. Hi, Joyful Lady. Thank you so much for listening to the True Joy Revolution podcast. I want to invite you to come join us in my free Facebook community, Joyful Life Society. Connect with other women just like you, stepping out of their comfort zones and overcoming their fears to live life their own way. 
In the group, you'll be able to share your journey, receive support and encouragement, and free resources to help you reach your goals and dreams. So hop over to Facebook, search Joyful Life Society, and add yourself to the group. I look forward to seeing you in there. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episodes of inspiring conversations each week right when they launch.